Welcome to another edition of Michael L. Craver Presents. It's been a little while, hasn't it? I uh, ended up putting myself out there on the housing market. <laughs> Put myself on the market. And uh, between packing everything up to move, having some things in storage, settling the new place, with a little time between podcasts. And I promised, I've done this several episodes where I said, I'm going to dig into this series that I was going to do on ownership next. Well, it is next. It'll be, it'll be coming up uh, as I've got this this new place to myself. Um, very happy to be uh, in the quiet, windows open, and having me a Swisher's, a Swisher's sweet cigar while I'm... Uh, just enjoying the night air, and uh, lots of things have happened, and uh, I don't know how I'll break these up into different shows, but uh, it's been an interesting time for podcasters. There's a controversy going on right now with Joe Rogan, and you know, if you've listened to very much of my content, you know, to me, you're welcome to remember. You can say anything you want. You just never know what it'll cost you. I always thought in the old days everybody voted with their dollars. So you just took your business somewhere else. We didn't have all these online <laughs> reviews and everything else. You know, when when I was younger, of course, I remember going to restaurants. There were no takeout boxes or anything. You ate it or you left it. It's like the movies, right? You go to the movie. You either watch the movie or you go home. You don't get to take it with you. But I paid to, you know, well, so what? Paid for the food? Eat the food, right? Just because you get up in the, the middle of uh, a theatrical performance does not mean that they're going to stop it for you. And if you had to go, they wouldn't pause it and give you another ticket later. Send you home with a DVD or anything else. Just be just be you uh, who would be, be short because you did not follow through on your commitment when you came in. And you placed an order uh, for a ticket, for a meal, whatever it might be. And so I look at things as um, things that need to be finished in real time. And I think so much about that with my writing. I've put a, some new pieces on my website I'm very, very, very happy with. Sacrifices. Um, another one was a... I, I just had a... just had a thought. I said, a towel... I'm going to write a story about a towel. I thought this will be, you know, we'll put it in some different situations and we'll see what kind of clever things we can come up with. That might be one of the, my favorite things I've ever written. Might be my favorite. If you haven't read it, it's on the, uh, it's the top post right now on mlcraver.com. And uh, I'm very proud of it. It's a very, very interesting I took about a week to put that together and, and had fun with it and thought about it in terms of like it being a, a feature film, a miniseries, a, a lifetime movie, something. But uh, I've got a bunch of notes and a bunch of stuff on these spreadsheets that I could be uh, discussing. I know 
um, there were folks who, who wrote in and, and wanted to know if I was, <laughs> am I going to do another, another dating podcast? Yes, I'll, I'll cover some of those things. Um, what, do I have anything I want to I'll run down and, and thank a few folks? I know that I work every day out of this Eurotech ergonomic chair. Um, this was a gift, by the way. I don't, I would never spend this kind of money on a, on an office chair, but, uh, very, you know, I spend 12 hours a day, Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 7.45 p.m. It's almost 13 hours a day. Um, and a lot of time is in this chair. So it's uh, it's very durable. It's comfortable. Um, smoking some Swisher Swedes. Bought those from Thompson Cigars. I've bought, if you ever have a magazine subscription, you, those of you who, who do publication, you know, you're fans of, I get Harper's Magazine and, I think downstairs there's Time and People and U.S. Weekly and The New Yorker. And, um, I had several others because I have a business um, relationship with some of them, with Blue Dolphin who does magazines. And um, so I was just looking at one of the promotions and I said, hey, yeah. never been a smoker for anything, but um, just from the few things, I said, you know what, let's get some cigars. See how that goes. If I'm out a few bucks, I'm out a few bucks. So I bought a couple of cases, <laughs> a couple of cases of uh, cigarillos and and um, sweets. I think I got some some grape ones or something. So just just you know something to have after lunch or something. But uh, I went to the grocery store. These were like seventy nine cents or something. It's ten packs of thirty two, three hundred twenty matches. Diamond strike on the box matches. I've been using those forever. Usually by the the big box. Just like two or three dollars for those. You get three boxes and like nine hundred matches. And um it was just um it's interesting to try new things. <laughs> it, sometimes involuntarily. So here's 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 one thing that's happened to me over the last, last few weeks and then about popping a brand and, and, and highlighting somebody in the podcast. I have another, had a, I had a Moto Z3 Play phone, which is it's a great phone. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. You can't get them anymore, but I highly recommend it. Anyway, I had it out of the case for probably four months out of the case. Just sitting around. So, <laughs> I was walking around the house. I have a, um, they're called Bluntline. I have one of these replicas of uh, Civil War uh, pistols. It's a, big, it's a big metal like movie replica uh, pistol. You get them online. You go to just Google replica weapons, Civil War weapons. And um, it's an 1851 Bluntline revolver. It's the specific gun. So it's laying on the couch. I'm walking by the back of the couch. And um, I just toss my phone over the couch so it'll be laying on this uh, blanket when I come back from the kitchen. And I hear it. I'm like, wait a minute. What was, what was that? Well... It's where the back of the phone, the back of the phone, hit this uh, revolver. 
Didn't think nothing of it at the time. I was handling the phone a little bit later, and I could feel it was kind of, something on the back of it was imperfect. It had shattered part of the back of the phone in a small place. So a week or two goes by. I put it back in the case that I, I bought off of eBay. It's one of these three-layered cases where it's got the top that snaps into the plastic into the rubber. Okay. No big deal. Still in great shape. And it slid off my desk and just hit the floor. I go to pick it up. The screen is, it looks like the Matrix. Can't touch it. It was MC Hammer screen, brother. Ideas are nothing. Until we make them real. The big ideas. And the challenging ones. Even the really good ones. They all take work, passion, perseverance, and the determination to make them better than the ones before. Everything we've ever done is nothing compared to what we imagine for the future. Honda, the power of dreams. It's 7.30 at night on a Friday, but I live... In my new place, the Verizon store is less than, it's like 0.4 miles away. So I drive over there. And $630 later, I have a Motorola 5G UW something. And uh, the problem that we ran into, folks, is when you own a phone and it's verified, you have your Google verified backups, all that fun stuff. But in order to activate the new phone, you go to sign into your account and it asks you to, to validate your, your Google on the device, on a device that it's tied to. <laughs> well, the screen on the other phone didn't work, so we ended up having to go around that. And because the screen on the other phone didn't work, I could not put everything onto an SD card, couldn't initiate a transfer. I don't use cloud and stuff, so I lost a lot of pictures of my kids, music, stuff like that. But um, I was there. It'll be all right, right? It's up, it's up here, and uh, so it's so a Motorola. I'll, I'll give a little throw out to them, but yeah, it was a an unforeseen investment. Uh, so I don't still don't believe in buying phone insurance, or I never buy protection plans for anything. That's how I ended up with my kids. Never mind. <laughs> it's just just my nature, you know. You take that risk. Worry about the the protection plan. I never never buy it for airplane tickets. Nothing. So it's been it's been an interesting time. Uh, new place, new phone. Um, I have not fully finished this place yet. I moved the furniture in after a couple of days. First two days, because I called before my moving date, set it up with the gas company. The next day they're coming out. They ain't come out. This was December 22nd. They didn't come out. They were busy. So I called them. It was like 7.30 at night. And they're like, yeah, he'll be there before 10 o'clock tonight. He didn't come. So the next day, I go to call the office. It's now December 23rd, the Thursday before Christmas. 
our office is closed. I'm like, what the? <laughs> so now I can't. My heat will not be turned on till after the Monday after Christmas. This is four more days. So I call the the gas line where you know it's for emergency or whatever. And I told them my story, and they said, yeah, yeah. I said, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We we should have got to you yesterday. So they sent somebody out. So uh, coldest shower of my life because this place did not have the gas turned on for six weeks before I bought it. And it's whatever temperature it is up in the attic. Um, so the water, you know, there's no hot water. So the shower that I took, um, yeah, if you know what a turtle looks like, you're a marine biologist, great. You don't have to be one to picture this. That was a cold shower. And I didn't know if the turtle was ever coming back out of the shells. <laughs> Everything's all right now. But it was a, that was a tough night. A um, lot, of, lot of wearing socks, sweatpants over the socks, and then keeping a blanket on. And, and, and I, you know, if I've never plugged it on this show, Bed Bath & Beyond, if you sign up for their stuff, they'll send you a 30% off coupon a lot now. But uh, they send a 20% off coupon like every day. 20%. And Ugg has throw blanket. When I went over there, Ugg only had the blankets. They had queen, full, king. Now there's like a whole line of pillows, throws. I think there's everything in that store. There's some Ugg something. But um, love my Ugg blanket. That, that's, that stays most of the time in my office. And, uh, and it's very well... Uh, a lot of mileage. It's very much appreciated. And it's very well broken in, for sure. Um, and the other thing that has really kept me entertained, one of the reasons that I have not recorded podcasts, six ninety nine a month, or you buy the whole year for sixty nine ninety nine. What an attractive price! ESPN Plus, man. I was trying to watch some hockey. I usually, usually buy the NHL.TV pass. It's a great deal. Lots of hockey, right? Best, the best deal you can buy is the MLB uh, TV, the baseball. You can watch like four games at once. You can listen to the radio broadcast. If you do it on your phone, you listen to the radio broadcast. Um, I think it's $25 extra. But I always pay the $25 extra and get the minor league package too so you can watch minor league games. You can listen to the broadcast away, home, you can put on like four games at once on the computer. That's what I was alluding to. It looks like a TV truck as I'm watching. The hockey is not that advanced, but with uh, the new contracts, you can't buy hockey by itself. Got to buy ESPN Plus. Well, that means I get all of their stuff if it's college sport, all the college sports. If it's wrestling, if it's UFC. I mean, there's soccer and golf and. You know, it's you could never watch all of it, but I leave a lot of hockey on. It's three hours at a time. It makes the day go by. You work twelve and a half hour days. Hockey game really, really cuts into that time. Makes it feel like no time at all. So, the folks at ESPN Plus, um, not that they're if you're if you're out there listening to my show, you want to put me on one of these ESPN networks. You know where to find me. Um, what else do I have in my life here? I Well, to, to be able to make all of this possible, AT&T is the new internet provider in the way that I'm bringing this podcast to you. 
those folks, um, I can't, I haven't even dealt with any customer service people, to be honest with you. I, um, I bought the internet through AT&T's website, $35 a month for 500 gigs, whatever it is. And so it was $35 a month, $10 for the hardware, which is fine. And they also sent me, because it was a promotion. I don't know if they're still running this, but it almost makes it free for the first year. They sent a $50 Visa gift card and a $250 Visa gift card, a $300 value. Well, nine months of the internet is $300, right? So that's, that's the first nine months free. That's not bad. And the price can change next year, but I'm okay with that. They, they treated me right. I'll, I'll stick around. I called. I had Spectrum before. And I'm going to tell this story for those of you out there who deal in customer service. You're dealing with somebody. Just tell the truth. Tell the truth. Um, one of the greatest adventures that you'll ever have is telling the truth, is, uh, is a quote by, by Jordan Peterson. And uh, he's talking to Chris uh, Williams. Williamson? It's Chris Williamson. He does a... Um, I don't remember the name of his podcast, so, uh, but it's Chris Williamson. It's his YouTube channel, and he's um, it's a very interesting quote he had with Jordan Peterson about influence. And Peterson said, the truth, man, the truth is the greatest adventure. You never know what's going to happen to you. I do believe that my experience has been that there isn't anything that I guess two things. There isn't anything that's more rewarding than trying to do things right. All other forms of reward pale by comparison. They're not even in the same conceptual universe. And there's nothing that's more adventurous than telling the truth. You have no idea what will happen to you if you tell the truth. And so if you're looking for an adventure, the boy... That's an adventure. So, I just, you know, I, that's how I am. So, the, what happened with Spectrum is they didn't tell me the truth. I called them up. I said, hey, I'm going to be moving. The guy was like, well, here's the deals we're running. Okay. So, two weeks later, I am getting ready to move in. And I'm going to, I've got a closing date. I need to hook up service. Call the young lady. What do you think? You hook me up with some service? Yeah. What are you going to use the internet for? Internet. Are you watching TV? Not watching TV. You need a phone? Don't need a phone. Only need the internet. Okay. Let me look at the packages. She comes back. The best deal I got for you is this $150 for internet, phone, TV. I said, I just told you I don't need the phone and the TV. That's the best deal. Well, this is the best deal. That's the best deal. You don't have any prices lower than that for just internet. Well, now the internet is $79.99. And I said, right, so the best deal is not $150. It's now $79.99. So I feel like you've lied to me. Well, no, because, and I said, the other thing that's important here is you asked me screening questions. You asked what I'm using it for, what I'm not using it for. And then you gave me a deal that had nothing to do with my answers. So you, you can cut that part out of the call and save everybody time, or you could incorporate that into how we go forward. 
But I feel like that's dishonest because you didn't value my answers and you didn't give me a package based on my answers. Now you've told me a different lower price after telling me the other one was the best deal. I feel like there's two lies you've told me. So to be very clear, there's no price lower than seventy nine ninety nine. She said, "Well, the basic and you know the other internet's forty nine And so now you've told me a series of lies to get down to the price that you should have given me up front. I already have Spectrum. I did at, at the old address. I left it there. That's fine. And I said, I'm trying to give you my money. I expect to be treated with, you know, the truth, with, with the most accurate thing. So if I ask you the lowest price, the accurate thing to say is, ding, 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 you lied to me. And in the meantime, while she's doing this, I'm looking AT&T up on my desktop, and I'm, pl- I'm literally placing the order, clicking and auto-filling in my Discover card is what I use. And... Orders placed. What can I say? I'm a happy man. And people have given Spectrum, you know, whatever reputation based on their experience. And that is now my latest experience with them. And it may be my last experience with them. Um, Is what it is. I just... I can't for the life of me see why anybody would be dishonest in that way. It is dishonest, right? Because you know there's something more accurate, so you're not giving the truth. It's, and that was an old quote that I had written on the wall in my office. I don't mind dishonesty, but I hate inaccuracy. Well, they're the same thing. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a quote that's layered in filth. In entendres. Sally sold seashells by the seashore. But her seashells didn't sell so well. Shucks. So Sally set up a seashell store on Squarespace. And soon her seashells started selling. Suddenly, Sally was a seaside sensation. So much so, she also sold swanky seashell accessories, shiny seashell sequin skirts and sarongs, seashell serenity sessions starting sharply at sunrise, exceptionally savory seaside snacks. Seriously? Even seashell excursions of the seashore. To sum it up, Sally's seashells were so successful, she sailed into the setting sun as a seashell celebrity. Everything to shell anything. Squarespace. Yeah, I mean, that was just, it was a big deal to me. And I don't know if I ever told this this particular story about Sprint, but in, in the past, and this was 2000 and maybe 15, 16, I had, okay, that's what happened. I had broken a phone, so I bought a phone off a guy from Craigslist. And he said the phone could be used on any platform. On the back of the phone, it said Sprint. He turned the phone on, it said Sprint. I was like, wait a minute now. It was. It was only a Sprint phone. I didn't have Sprint. But I usually pay for my devices up front. So I don't have to, you know, wait out a contract or, you know what I mean. So I could leave Verizon. 
I call up Sprint because I'm considering this. I already have a phone in my hand. I go over to Sprint. They'll activate it. We'll be fine. The girl says, I've never forgotten this. Her name was Diamond. And she was the, you know, in Greensboro, North Carolina. This is the, the Sprint store. So I go over I, onto my phone. I, I call up the folks at the Wendover uh, Sprint location. And she says, yeah, we're running this promotion. 50% off. If you come over from somewhere else, uh, or no, at, at the time I worked for a bigger company. I worked for Coca-Cola at the time. And she said it was 50% off. Oh, man, great. So I drive over there. I've got the phone. I start talking to the guy in the back. He was the manager. That's just who I, who I randomly, uh, he was the guy that was available first. So he tells me, that I could activate that phone, but in order to get the promotion, you have to like port over your um, your number, and um, it's only fifty percent off the data. It's not fifty percent off your bill, right? So now it's only twenty five percent off, right? This is like a because out of a hundred dollar bill, fifty percent is like your line and activation, and fifty percent is your data. So then it's only twenty five percent off. So I was like, wait a minute, this girl said. Well, you know, he wasn't going to go with that. They should have, and 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 you know, even places I've I've worked even more recently, we would honor whatever the person said. Um, I I don't know a situation where we wouldn't honor it, even when it's completely outrageous, and it's unreasonable, and it's you know, obviously that was a mistake. No matter, they still honor it. That's integrity to me. So this sprint experience was not filled with integrity. And there's more layers to this. So they don't have the phone that I've picked out. Because he tells me that um, I need to get a phone in order to activate the plan, port it over. That's part of the deal to get the percentage off, whatever. All right, so I'm looking at devices. They don't have it. They ain't got it. Not the one I picked out. Uh, Would have been a Samsung S3 maybe, something. And... He tells me it's okay. They're going to activate this phone that I've got. He's going to give me uh, my new number. And this is now, this happens uh, second week of November. And um, he activates that thing. I leave the store. I'm fine. Cool. I'm out of there. The phone works. I'm Now I'm with Sprint. I've got service. Well, the phone's going to be in in a week or two. That's fine. And Black Friday is coming up. And Vistaprint runs gigantic specials off on business cards. So I have ordered new business cards with my new number that he gave me because I've got a phone with Sprint. That's my new number, baby. Telling everybody my new number. A week goes by, phone comes in. Go to this friend's. Do the I went to another store to try to to get this resolved, and they because it had been opened at a Sprint corporate store, they couldn't give me a phone out of their stock and finish the um, activation of the phone that the original store didn't have in stock. I go over to this, I guess third party store. They've got it in stock, but they, they can't finish it. You know, so there's. Um, there's just this thing where I got to go back to the Sprint store. I go back over there. Manager's there. 
I'm there for like an hour. They got the phone. Thank God. They're activating the phone. All right, now, to activate this phone and finish all this stuff, we got to port your number over from Verizon. Okay. Port it over. What that means is they're going to port my number over and my number is going to revert back to the old number that I had. What he gave me ended up being a temporary number that I now have on business cards coming and everything else. So that happens. They activate this. Mm-mm. So I don't get my 50% off. I'm out the business cards, etc., etc. So they port this thing over. And now I've got a phone. I'm walking around. And I don't know, 30, 40 days goes by or whatever, and I finally get the first bill. Wouldn't you know, it's got two two activation charges. That's right. They wanted to charge me to activate the first temporary phone, then they wanted to charge me to activate the permanent phone when it came in. Now, I got that waved and thrown out, but it was just a series of just ugly things. And to top it off... Sprint ran a Super Bowl commercial just a few weeks later that if you'll come over from wherever, 50% off your old bill. And I'm like, what? And I called them up and had a very strongly worded conversation about that. They were not willing to then let me inherit that deal. I was off the table, of course. So... And in my experience, it's always been nice to, you know, work with people the best you can. And, you know, I might then be a Sprint customer today. You'd still be getting my money. And my foolish ass would have dropped my phone, broke that Motorola, whatever Sprint offered. And I'd go right back to the Sprint store and I'd still be there. But they didn't want to do that. And the other reason that I like AT&T, and this is not, you know, I didn't just leave Spectrum because, well, 90% of it was that. But my grandfather retired from Lucent Technologies in AT&T. He has like six patents with them. and um, So the family history there is something that I still sometimes look at and go, mm, I should do business with them because they did business with us. And I'm fine with that. And my phone has been been great for a great many things. It's the camera on that thing is phenomenal, and I haven't tried to like record a podcast on it or anything. But I I used to use this uh, application called Easy Easy Voice Recorder. is a fun, simple, and easy to use audio and voice recorder for your Android device. Whether you want to record meetings, personal notes, classes, you can do it all with Easy Voice Recorder with no time limits. Once you're done recording your files, you can easily browse and play them back in one convenient place. You can also rename your recordings, set them as your ringtone, or share them with friends, family and colleagues at the touch of a button. Great for collaboration. You can customize your recording settings to match your main use. And make sure the app interface looks great with a choice between our dark and light themes. Easy Voice Recorder is the easy way to record, playback, manage and share your audio files. Download the free app now from Google Play. 
but you can you can record in every format. You can record in and out. So if you hit that and hit record before a call or before you make a call, it'll have your voice and the other person's voice. So it's a, it's a good application. We'll move away from the ugly stories of the sprint and the spectrum and all these people that start with S who've done me wrong. What do you want to hear? You want to hear something good? You want to hear dating stories? You want to hear silliness? Few people. I've had a few conversations. And uh, from those conversations have come some very interesting, <laughs> some very interesting things. I've, I don't know, I developed this, these terms just fall out of the sky in the middle of conversations, and then they stick with me. But I, I said that having a, a dating profile is playing, is playing fantasy football. It's... Folks have a login, they have a, you know, pictures and statistics or, you know, whatever your profile is. This is your persona. And they're simulating dating is all they're doing. They're talking and they're thinking about it. And it's like, but it ends in cyberspace. It begins and ends in cyberspace. Much like fantasy football. That's all it is. And it's fine, and people have lives. They they have busy schedules and sick people and COVID and pandemics and cancers and kids and dogs and you know it it is what it is. And um, I, I don't fault anyone uh, for having a life before I met them or spoke to them, but I do. Uh, look at those. Th- There's been some savage arguments that I've had with, <laughs> with people. And uh, for instance, you, you, you can have your own opinion of this. If, if you have an opinion on this, you can give me some feedback on my Michael L. Craver presents on Facebook and message me there or wherever. The, the people submit all kinds of questions and things. Girl said to me, she said, Now I, I was pregnant a couple of years ago. Miscarried after three months, so so I'm still a you know she had you have kids I do have kids. Well, I'm a mom too. I miscarried after three months. I said, wait, wait, what? You don't, but you don't still have the kid. You never had the kid. You never got social security number, a tax benefit. Like you wouldn't go to the. Would you? Would you go out with your boyfriend after you're pregnant? How many months? How many months pregnant are you before you go up to the host stand and you say, we need a table for three, and he's like, there's only two of you. You go down to the social services department. You start filing for food stamps or anything else. Can you file for three people? No. Can you put that unborn child on your taxes? No. If you were a coach... And not to necessarily make light of losing a child. And people do it voluntarily and involuntarily. We've covered that in earlier episodes. Unfortunately. You're a coach who no longer has a team. Because either you're retired or they fired you or the season is over or whatever. Are you, are you still a coach without the team? I mean, I guess you're still a medical doctor if you're licensed. But you don't practice medicine. You, you still have the license. There's an argument to be made about the letters that are after your name, right? So you're Esquire, you're MD, you're DDS, you know, whatever. 
I understand that. From an educational perspective, you have those things, and it legally alters your name, is what that is. However, if you don't have a job anymore, you don't call yourself an employee. And if you were a person who lost their business, you're not still a sole proprietor or a business owner. You may call yourself an entrepreneur, but somebody might ask, okay, what's your business? And if you don't have one, I don't know that you're an entrepreneur. You're a dreamer. Or as as Dirty Harry says, he says, <laughs> the guy, his captain is talking to him. He says, you know me? You know my record? Yeah. You're a legend in your own mind. <laughs> it's one of my favorite things that I've listened to the last week. And... Uh, in more than 30 years of police work, this is the single most outrageous transgression of authority I ever heard about. What the hell did you think you were doing? My job. Is it your job to harass and incite an old man into a heart attack? My job is to investigate homicide. That old man happens to be one of the biggest crime lords on the West Coast. How the hell was I supposed to know he was going to vapor lock? But you hoped he would. The Doker case is mine. It was at a standstill. I was just trying to break it loose. Sure, with threats and intimidation. Any way possible. Are you aware that you have destroyed months of surveillance and intelligence work? I mean, we're talking here thousands of dollars, hundreds of man hours. Special Investigations has been busting its ass preparing a case against Threlkiss. He would have just snaked his way out of it. Maybe we saved the taxpayers a little money. I ought to... Bust your ass down the traffic. Or better yet, kick it off the force. You're a dinosaur, Callahan. Your ideas don't fit today. Just what ideas are these? That murder is a crime, that it shouldn't be punished? Hey, don't you lecture me, you son of a bitch. You know who you're talking to? Hmm? You know my record? Yeah. You're a legend in your own mind. God damn you, Callahan. What do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? People that, that you know, there's, I'm a mom? Yeah, in your own mind. In your own mind. Where's your kids? My do my dogs are my children. Are they? At what age will they grow up and move out of the house? When will they graduate? What are they going through? You know, they're not kids. They don't have social security numbers. You can't claim them on your taxes. It is what it is. But the dating experience has been very, it's very odd. It is. It's like fantasy football. And I just, you know, I've, I've had conversations, and that's kind of where it's begun and where it's, mm, mm, mm. Here, I've got a few notes here. So so there was a young lady who uh, messaged me out of the blue, um, said, Hey, can I can I ask you questions? Like, you know, I guess to see if we would be compatible. Says, you got kids? Right. You got a um, job? I do. Own my home, et cetera, et cetera. You like pets? You know, all these things. So she says, okay, you passed the first round. Well, thanks. What do I win? I don't forget. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm sitting there, and she messages back a little bit later, and she says, okay, well, I just want you to know what I'm really looking for. 
I'm not looking to date. I'm looking for a sugar daddy. And I was like, wait, what? I said, I, I've met all kinds of people on here and, uh, and had a few conversations. And uh, I never had anybody just outright tell me that they gave up their dignity. And she lost it. <laughs> and I thought, well, whatever. So she she uh, disappeared. I think but might have blocked me or ignored me or something. Disappeared because I don't say anything back after that. I, you know, I hit you with the. Pow. Now you've heard some of those lines on this podcast before. My 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 dating profile doesn't go beneath the poverty line. So anyway. She disappears. Well, the next day, he pops back up with this like, fuck, it's like seven paragraphs of messages. And says, um, all of these different variations of this idea. She keeps saying in different variations that. The right thing, that it was a test. She's not really looking for a sugar daddy. It was a test to see if I would say anything if I disagreed with somebody. And because I did say something, I failed the test. Because when you don't agree with somebody, you should walk away. And you should. she was, I think, Spanish or something because it was kind of broke. She said, you should have no words. And so when I disagree with somebody, I have no words. And so I wouldn't, you know... Basically, she wouldn't send somebody a seven-paragraph freaking, you know what I mean? And I just kept looking through there like, where is the part where you explain why you wrote a 200-word message to explain why you wouldn't say any words? I, I know you don't have to go to the zoo to see the hypocrites. That's, 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 that's what I know. But I just, I don't know, it, it, things like that throw me off because you, then you, it, it just reinforces that uh, roulette wheel. I mean, you pick a gambling scenario, but it just reinforces that overwhelming number of, of folks who will come through and surprise you just out of nowhere. With what in the hell? And there's probably a lot of men and women out there who have much more entertaining experiences than I do, and I hope they share them. But uh, you're listening to me, so you're hearing mine. Um, out of body. Oh man, I don't know if I can recount this story. But this um, this woman said to me. That she, you know, she was all about astrological signs and everything else, which I always like using that line for people who are just dim. I say, you you wouldn't be any good at astrology because you're not any good at connecting the dots, you know, and, and then people don't get it. It's, the constellations are a connection of stars, dots. Anyway. Mm. It's funny to me, though. That's what really matters. This podcast is for me, and it's not for you. Anyway, 
Anyway, she said to me, she said, yeah, that's how I know that spirituality is like real. That's how I know that there's God, etc., etc." And I said, wait, what? She says, because I had a genuine out-of-body experience. Like I had smoked something and, you know, she was, she was laying in her bed at like 3 a.m., couldn't sleep. Okay. She says... So I like felt myself start rising up above the blankets and before she knew it, she was looking down on herself and she said she had a real, genuine, out-of-body experience. And I said, what? I said, so what happened after that? She said, well... Like, the next morning, they ended up taking me to the psych ward for, like, three days because, you know, I was tripped out on, you know, this, that, and the other, and she had a detox, and that's how she knew God was real because in the other side of her detox and her 12-step program, it explained her out of body experience after the fact to, you know, brainwash, whitewash, convince her of otherwise. It is what it is. But that was her experience, and she shared it with me. And that conversation ended very abruptly, to say the least. So I don't know. There's the, you know, there's the folks who have their version of, you know, spirituality and everything else. So they, you know, they interject that into the. The dating is, you know, sort of, you don't believe in this? No, I don't. You know, we don't have the same value. It is, it boils down to values is what that is. And I, I don't know, it just like, it comes across as such a, such an ugly way of like, the word that I have written here and the word that I've, I've, described it in my mind and in conversations over the last month is vilification you don't believe in my no i don't believe in your experience like to you it's real but i wasn't there and based on what's been told to me i would interpret it a lot differently i would question whether or not it actually happened And I'm not, you know, that doesn't, if you think that makes you a bad person, then I can't help that. I feel like that's a person's own way of trying to shame you into, but if their glass is half empty by their own choosing, you don't believe me? I I believe that you think that, or that that's been, you know, your version of things in modern times. Is that what actually happened? No, I don't think so. A lot of people have conspiracy theories, but it doesn't add up with you know the evidence. Is, is the way I'm pointing this out. And to me, is is you know, if you listen to the show very long, you know, to me, it's there is the emotional. Yeah. And I've got a whole, I've got a couple of different things written up about my detachment from emotion. I've talked about this in other podcast when it comes to being able to like give people a break and and things of that nature i'm very emotional like 
when it, you know, I'm watching certain things that give me great highs and big lows and but people, like when you're doing things that are inconsistent, emotions go right out the window. They do. They because they start trying to they play this factor in, in an unreasonable way. They influence the outcome. They shouldn't. Um, but I, you know, that's just one of, right? Out of body experience. <laughs> yeah, okay. Out of your mind experience. If you just said it, all you had to do was change the one word. The out of mind experience. That's why you're in the psych ward. You know, there's, that's not the the more interesting. Well, I don't know. The interesting is the right description here. I saw this girl whose profile was um, my ex is a real da 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 da, and this sounded like a fake profile. My ex is a real whatever whatever, and he left me in this motel room with these four kids, and I'm getting ready to have one of my legs amputated and whatever. And I just said that's not real. And if it is. Having a dating profile? Like, you need to have, like, a GoFundMe or something. <laughs> what do you want me to tell you? I just, I can't with these <laughs> Like, they, they just, they, they provide this, this sense of entertainment for me in, in a way. I mean, um, and I don't, I don't mean to offend, uh, you know me, I don't care if I offend. But there have been folks who have said, you know, I, I ran into this guy. We were together, and then this thing happened. And I said, well, you got to be asking the right questions. you got to be looking for the signs. And if you don't know, learn the signs. Do some social studying, like homework, go back to school, do whatever to help improve your peripheral vision and how you interpret the all, all of the evidence that's around you for good, for bad, the things that you know are devoid of value, and and so you know what not to care about, and and the things that are not going to influence the outcome, and those are very 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 important things when it comes to choosing a partner. Oh, she was, she was not able to handle confrontation. Well, you guys might not be able to make any progress. Now, if you always get along and you always make the right decision, I mean, man, what are the odds of that going wrong? Hey, babe. Check this out. Alexa? It's game day. Streaming football on Prime Video. Closing blinds. Chilling rosé. Rosé? Well, it's an afternoon game. Mm. It's like she can read your mind. Your mind. I love that we get to sleep in. Ordering fresh mint mouthwash. Extra strength. I'm thinking, I shouldn't get a spray tan, you know? Because that's on Wednesday. Activating blender. Funeral's on Monday. But what about the gold, Papa? Can't you see that treasure all along? It was here. Love the eye patch. It's... When is the show open? March 8th. Setting reminder to fake your own death on March 8th. Not a... What the... When you have to do those love scenes with hot guys, is that fun or is that like the worst? It's the worst. Tell me lies, tell me sweet little lies. Mm. 
Scarlett, Scarlett, this bread is delicious. Did you make it? Yes, uh, it's from my Gammy's recipe. Announcement. Gammy is short for she bought it at Whole Foods. Announcement. Colin left the oysters in the car for five hours. It's probably better Alexa can't read your mind. Bad idea. Watch the game. Right? Gotta be able to disagree with whoever. And they gotta be realistic about the way that they disagree. It was a young lady who, who spoke to me kind of on and off. And she um, had this uh, hobby of doing those, um, I guess, Cirque du Soleil or maybe Ringling Brothers. I don't know. It's like those, uh, do you call them ribbons? Whatever the cloth is that hangs down from the ceiling. Too, instead of having rings like the um, gymnastics girls have or... A trapeze, like where the guys swing on the bar. This is the thing where people, um, they hold on to the two ribbons and then they pull themselves up and wrap their legs in it and spin around and do all this, you know, dazzling. Uh, I, I guess it's fabric gymnastics. I don't know what the, what the most entertaining or mo the best, you know, marketing word would be for this activity, but... Just kind of, you know, I, I don't remember what she did for a living. Some, oh yes, IT department for um, is it HR Behringer? But it's the the beer companies. So she's somewhat social, and we're having a few conversations. And mo most of it is uh, light, 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 like you know, talking a little bit about current events, a little bit about whatever. And she's got this eccentric thing, right? So she's doing the ribbons and the fabric Olympics and whatever because that's her hobby. She plays volleyball or something like that. Keep in shape. Keep a hobby. Okay. And when I asked if she had any social affairs, like she's, are you dating anybody, you know, up to no good, promiscuity, that kind of thing, I got back this phrase. And she built this whole thing up like a big, you know, she was she was going to stamp it and cancel me out with this. Uh, a phrase that she used is entitled invasiveness. She wrote a, a, a long-winded paragraph to tell me that it was nobody should be asking that privacy, da-da-da-da-da, you know what I mean, free speech. And that was entitled invasiveness. And I said, well, wait, what? Because emotion goes right out the window when you say something like that. It just, it stops. And I, I go right into proofing what you said. And entitled means, if I have a ticket to the theater, I'm entitled to entrance. If I'm entitled to, you know, one free meal or 20% off or whatever it is, entitlement means you have permission. This thing is, is allocated to you. Invasiveness is something else. It's unwanted or it's it's an invasion of privacy could be a thing. You're, there's a barrier of entry. You don't have permission. Trespassing. If I go to the theater and I'm entitled to entry, they're going to let me in. Invasiveness would mean they weren't supposed to let me in. I forced my way in. I invaded. I crossed a border in a way that was, you know, combative. Entitled is is, is the opposite. And that's it, it, anyway. They don't coexist. It's in one. 
you don't need permission. And then the other one is an invasion of privacy and without permission. So it's it's two completely different things. I just looked at it and said, you know, for someone who took all the time to put that together, you would think you would have taken this key ingredient that you put, two different words that destroy each other and just made everything you said devoid of any value. You ruined everything that you said. And of course, it was block. Because <laughs> people, they they hope that that's going to be like the, the thing that makes you feel really bad or they're superior or whatever. And it's just a reflection of this glass half-empty crap. The girl that I had a long relationship with, you know, it, one of the main, and, and communication seems to be the killer of all things. Uh, platonic and and if it's chasing a relationship for love and future and dreams and all that stuff, communication seems to be the number one cancer. I mean, I, I would have conversations and it would be, yeah, but remember when this happened? What are you talking about? That That is not an outstanding debt. That was paid or we talked about it. There was forgiveness. There was closure. Like what? What are you bringing that up for? I treat conversations much like people treat parliamentary procedure. You know, you have permission to talk. Hear ye, hear ye. Whose turn? Larry, you, you have the floor. Larry brings up a bunch of stuff from the old meetings. Larry, this is a new meeting. Covered that in the last meeting. That's old business. It's finished. Larry, why are you bringing up old shit? <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I'm still bitter about it. Your glass is half empty. You're carrying that around. And it will it, you will carry that around. And people will see it in your eyes. Your skin will have reflective qualities of this because either you're carrying more weight, you're sagging, you're wrinkled. You're, and, and those are the reasons. And that, and that bitterness is like the number one thing that people, they can't let go of it. And when they can't let go of it, makeup companies and all of these other vanity-based companies make so much money off of you because you need to fill the gap that is caused by these things. You are carrying it around. The other person, is they they thought it was all closed. It's the reason we had to talk about it. An apology, I paid off the debt, whatever. And for you, it ain't over yet. It is over. It's like the, the, the South is not going to rise again, buddy. <laughs> what are you doing? Get yourself some rebel pride When it all goes south yeah. When it all goes south It really don't matter what state you're in One day the south's gonna And over till it's over. Well, it was over. Like, what the fuck? So it, it's just so strange to me. And that's the thing is like they they create the, the vilification. They they look at it and they they try to do what they can to discredit you or smear you or whatever. It's old, old, old stuff. You know, that's the George Carlin thing. It happened back there. It's over now. Well, in the first place, it's none of your business. None of your business. The whole thing took place outside of your car. 
Legally speaking, these people you ran over were not on your property at the time you ran them over. They were standing in the street that is city property. You are not responsible. If they don't like it, let them sue the city. And besides, it happened back there. It's over now. Stop living in the past. And I just, I can't, man. It's like, it's, it's old stuff. Let it go. Um, I can't for the life of me, like, understand. Psychologically, and as a person who studies people socially, I understand that people, like, have a hard time progressing and, and filling that with something new. It's harder to fill it with something new and take chances and be vulnerable than it is to just sit there and be like, oh, we should have won that county championship, Larry. Ed, we're 78 years old. But that was the Little League championship. It was fucking 70 years ago, man. <laughs> Let it go. It's, it's, I don't know. It's not my human nature, but it's a lot of people's human nature. They can <laughs> let it go. I'm going to turn on, you know, some Manchester Orchestra or listen to one of my favorite guys, whatever, and, and I'm going to have a good day. I'm not worried about the, the, the things that ruin these people's ah, happiness. It's not going to ruin my happiness. And that's the reason I don't dwell on it. If I did, it would it would ruin my happiness. You want to be happy or not? You know, the, the, Bob Saget died. I guess Dorm McDonald has died since I um, have recorded the show. And they had this the last interview with Bob Saget where he um, was talking about his sisters died of this rare disease. And forgive me because I don't I don't remember. It's a I don't remember. Don't remember what it's called. Anyway, one of the quotes out of his his interview was he was talking about how humor is the only way his family survived losing his sister. We were all in the room when she let out her last breath, and it it I don't know how to explain it, but it felt like I mean I'm gonna go all woo woo here, but it felt like the soul going past us. Literally felt it. I felt my hair kind of move. Um, you know, and being an actor, that's a very important thing if your hair gets out of place. So that, even at this very serious moment, humor comes in. Humor is the only way my family survived. It is so healthy to laugh. And I'm out there doing it, and I know it's healing for people. He said it is so healing to laugh. And I've talked about that so many times on this show. Levity. Is so important to me. It doesn't have to be humor, but levity. The inside joke, the meme, the gift, the whatever you you do to kind of stop carrying it around. Carry it around. You know, it's it's hard. It's hard. Pour some pour something on that shit. Have a glass that's half full. That's more than half full. Mmm. There's people who are gonna look at it and they're gonna go, I'm this age. There's only so long till I die. And there's other people who are like, man, I got so much left to do. I got to get moving. Which one are you? You know what they're saying is, whoever yells first loses. 
That's true. You know, you want to run around mad? One of the other quotes I have in front of me is um, from this interview that I watched. Meatloaf died a couple of weeks ago. And um, he was being interviewed. But um, he's, he was talking about, he said, you know, he said, that's the thing when you're having a disagreement. How you know who's grown up? How you know who loses the argument? His quote is, whoever yells first loses. You know what they're saying is, whoever yells first loses. That's true. That's how he decided who, who loses an argument. Whoever yells first loses. I just thought that was priceless. Because one of the compliments that's been given to me over the years is, hey, you know, we never hear you raise your voice. or and you, I don't, not when I'm having a disagreement or anything, because the tone of your voice, the volume of your voice does not change the content of your message. It doesn't. I just don't see it that if you have an argument that, you know, that you feel differently about that, you're, the First Amendment entitles you to your wrong opinion, you know. But I just, it's very hard for me to, with the dating stuff, or to try to find somebody who's um, <laughs> having so many signs and so many things to look for. I have just as many optimistic things to look for. People who, you know, you want to surround yourself, whether you're looking for a partner, whether you're looking for friends or whatever, who have ambition and they've got this zest for wanting to do things that make them happy, whether it's because they really love taking care of their kids or animals or the community. Oh, yeah, as soon as I get on day off of work, I'm, you know, headed to the mountains, the beach, the whatever. And I think those are wonderful things. But I just, um, I wonder. One of the statements that my ex made to me, and she said, she said, that, you know, the problem that I have is, or one of the problems that she had about thinking about me was, and she she questioned the whole relationship. Because the more that I sort of got into the podcast and everything else, the more I've explored about myself. And I don't know how untrue this is. How how inaccurate this is, but she said, "I don't I don't know if you're, if you're capable of loving anybody." And I thought, "Well, that's stupid." I, there's many, many, many things that I love, but in this very highly complex way, I can step away from things, and I can, um, if it's in the middle of an argument or whatever, I can I can I'll let the emotion go. Emotion, it's back over there. You're feeling emotional. I'm not feeling emotional. I'm cool, calm, collected. It's one of the advantages you will have over the person debating or arguing with you. If you let it go. Leave the emotion out of it. It clouds everything. Taints it. I was watching uh, Ledger. I was watching Ledger and Gyllenhaal. I was watching Brokeback Mountain. 
and I was watching, you know, Ang Lee's masterpiece from 2005 or whatever it is. Picture of the year. I guess it got picture of the year or whatever. And it's an interesting movie. I mean, I don't relate as much to the struggle of whenever that's set and people living a secret life. And I mean, that's really what's going on there. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's two people who are living this tainted... Uh, <laughs> Anthony, you'll appreciate that. Tainted love. It's tainted love from Brokeback Mountain. For many reasons, you can use the word taint. But no, it's it's this forbidden love that is, you know, it's it's their secret, their shame, their dream or whatever that they can't share with people. And it's... It's difficult to watch that and then you could you can you can put that in the box and go, "Hey, I just want to have somebody who is who's what? You want a girl with tattoos and piercings and you want a guy who looks like some kind of way that your family wouldn't approve of." It's all the same thing. No, it's not. Them guys are butt-loving cowboys. What? No. They're they're People who fell into circumstances that, for whatever reason, chemistry. And you may have chemistry with something that is not the most um, aesthetically pleasing. It's not the the picture-perfect thing that you would want to share with everybody. You just don't. I don't mention who I work for on my shows or my writing or whatever else. I'm very proud of them. Just don't mix the two. And I just, you know, I, I looked at that and I said, that's that's the absolute, I, I think, you know, that subconscious lottery. That's the first thing that came out is they don't know Brokeback Mountain any more than they know Romeo and Juliet. And they don't. There's a lot of people who are going to have those judgments. They're going to look at it and they're going to, ah, what do you know about Shakespeare? What do you know about any of that stuff? You don't. So it's 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 silly. Um, those are the kind of people that my quote here. I said, <laughs> I said to somebody who was having a conversation with me. I don't remember who it was. I said to him. Um, I said, I'm going to have to buy a loaf of bread to have this conversation. I said, what? What are you talking about? I said, because I start talking about something, and you lose track of it. And so if I had a loaf of bread, I could leave you some breadcrumbs. Uh, uh, and still didn't get it, which made it all that much more funnier to me. They say everything's bigger here, and not to mess with us, because this place runs deep in our hearts. Here's the bottom line. This is where the jaws will drop, the feet will stomp, the crowds will roar, and the superstars will soar. Where the roofs are blown off, asses get handed. And moments are made in the only way we know how. 
What? WrestleMania calls, and Dallas says, Oh, hell yeah! I got a piece that I wrote about breadcrumbs. I believe it's on mlcraver.com. It's, but uh, I said that's those are the things in my mind that take me to the places that I reminisce or I inside joke or whatever. It's here's um, a line from a movie. The old somebody says, "How much?" It doesn't matter. You're at the store, how much? Hey man, how much does this cost? And as soon as I hear how much, I go back to this scene from Lethal Weapon where um, he's buying the drugs in the beginning of the movie. And he, he samples the drugs. He likes the drugs. He wants to buy it. And they say, how much you want to buy? He says, how much for how much? Good, huh? Tasty, smooth? Yeah, that's put You better fucking beer, believe it. Thanks. Okay, so let's do it. How much? How much for how much? For all of it. You want it all? Yep. He wants it he all. He wants it all. <laughs> Beautiful. All right, congratulations. Maybe a nice six-footer to put it under, huh? <laughs> you want a tree? Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I'll give you the best tree I got in a lot for nothing. Hey, thanks. But the shit's going to cost you, um, a hundred. What, that much? Hey, you said you liked it. That's a fair price. Yeah. Yeah, hell, you only live once. <laughs> Get this together here. <laughs> 20, 40, 60, 70, 25. Hey, what the fuck? Hey, man. 95, 90. Hey. Come on, shut up, man. I'm losing count. 93, 94, 95, 96. Forget it, you dumb shit. 100,000. 100,000 dollars. Did you hear what he said? hundred thousand? I'm sorry, I can't afford that, not on my salary. But look, I'll tell you what, I got a better idea. Here, now let me say I, uh, I take the whole stash off your hands for free, and you assholes can go to jail. Hey, what do you whoa, say about wait a... that? Now I can read you guys your rights, but now nah, you guys already know what your rights are, don't you? <laughs> this badge ain't real, and you ain't real. Oh, you sure are a crazy son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> you think I'm crazy? Yeah. How you calling me crazy? You think yeah. I'm crazy? Yeah. Yeah. You wanna, yeah, you wanna see crazy? I'll tell you. <laughs> now that's a real badge, I'm a real cop, and this is a real fucking gun. And I, I love it. I just those old in some of the newer movies, they they carry these things when I hear the word it triggers something else. Those are my a lot of times my breadcrumbs. You say entitled invasiveness. I hear permission, not permission. And my you know, and that doesn't require breadcrumbs. I mean, that's just like right on the spot. I, it's readily available. But just for so many folks, they don't have the ability in their mind to go back to these things that they've read that they've been cultured with in high school or otherwise. You ask them basic mathematic operations, science functions. You've seen the things that are on Facebook where somebody says, okay, 
here's a math problem. What do you get? And it's about the order of operations. There's an exponent here. There's parentheses there. It, uh, and they don't remember. You know, it's not a trick question. It's a real mathematical equation. But to them, it's like, no, that's a trick. <laughs> no, it's not, man. We're just trying to figure out if you're paying attention. I just, you know, I. And so having those conversations has been like very trying, and they're few and far between. And, you know, the thing that's really kept me balanced over the last little bit is, is work. I've worked, I guess, 65 hours a week for a while. So I'll give you an example of my principles and where I'm really, like, not giving up. I'm, I'm fighting the man, the rage against the machine flags on the office door over there. So I was offered a, a promotion it's more more base money. So if you made $10 an hour and the new position they're offering you is $15 an hour, oh, man, that's a big increase. It is a big increase, right? It's 50%. And if you're only working 40 hours, then 10 times 40 is less than 15 times 40. But I ain't. I get about 26 hours of overtime every week. So... 26 times time and a half. 26 plus 13 is 39. So I work 40 hours plus 39. I get paid for 79 hours a week. Or 40 hours plus 26 overtime. So when you say to me, man, 15 is more than 10. And I say, I'm not working 10 times 40. I'm working 10 times 80. And you're working... 40 times 15. 40 times 15 is 600. But 10 times 80 is 800. Oh my God, you're making 30% more. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. And so when you offer me a position, and they did, they offered me a position, a really nice position. Um, I said, I'm taking a pay cut. And they said, oh, no, you're not. And I, said, I promise you on my W-2, my retirement, Uncle Sam, my taxes, everything, it says I'm taking a pay cut. And uh, people look at that and they go, you can't base it off overtime. And I thought, my mortgage company bases, <laughs> bases my house payments off of the, the slips I gave them with overtime. I, I absolutely think the real world accepts this principle. Secondly, and the thing that perturbed me more than anything about it, was certain jobs will pay, depending on where you're at in the world, pay you based on your experience. And I've got over it's almost 25 years of customer service experience and a lot of leadership and other things. I bring some good stuff to the table. My college, you know, where I've degrees, whatever. And so I look at things and say, that right there is room enough that you should not pay me the base for any position. I want a little more than that. Um, that's what I require personally. Now, you may not think that, but I also look at this fourth dimensionally if i decide they can pay me nothing more than the base even with my overqualifications, everybody who comes after me should then get that i was more qualified than they are and i'm taking less money so now you can offer everybody that money and i think it's um i don't want to set that example so i decline it and and i'll you know i'll keep working my overtime and i don't mind it 
you may have less podcasts from me because of it, but you know, I'm buying a nice California King to go in the master bedroom, and I got a, a new computer tower that's my. I'm picking that out in the next week or two, because these are little things that I've not done for myself over the last like five, six, whatever years of being in, in relationships and whatever else. That money was going to. keep everybody happy well, a lot of keeping the people around me happy which kept me happy but um just me so i see nothing wrong with that do i spoil people i absolutely spoil the hell out of my kids and stuff but i um i don't know i didn't think it said the right example I, it's, as a role model, I chose that I wanted to go a different direction with that opportunity. Um, it wasn't something that was... Anybody came back to me with a negotiation, and I said, thank you, and they said, thank you, and, and that's how it is. But... I look at it fourth-dimensionally as a person who... And if you hear that in, in my voice or whatever else, like, I learn stuff quickly, and it goes into a process in my head, and now it's locked in there, and it, it never gets fucked up. And so, um, one of the issues that I had with my, my, my ex was that, you know, she was, oh, you know, you screwed this and this. That's right, and I was not, in, I was in a reckless phase of my life where I didn't care about making it right and everything being like this uh was his name data or whatever off of star trek but when he's almost like a cyborg you know now i'm a lot different than that where i just relax and i follow the process tell the truth all the time i don't have any problems back then you had to keep up with all these different stories you're telling everybody and you never want to be wrong so you've got every way in the world to, to discredit them, and, and you, you tell them it's entitled invasiveness, and that sounded like some crap I would have said. Only to see if you would catch me on it. You only hear me say stuff like that in the old days because I was saying it because I'm full of shit. And you're supposed to be smart enough to catch me on that. If you don't, I win anyway. I said something wrong, so I lost because I screwed up. But I lose twice, really, and that's really how I feel about those things. If I throw something at you that you should catch and say no and say, hey, Michael, gotcha. If you don't catch me, it disappoints me even more because I, when I'm doing that, I actively believe that you have the ability to sniff out the bullshit. And that's part of the reason that I talk trash to people and... I'm flirtatious or whatever else. Like, you're supposed to say no to certain things. And it just, it's very difficult to be able to, to approach life that way. But it's not a test. It's, everything is, is more of a an experience to grow from. Sometimes you don't. So I, so I you know, start twisting and bending and altering my methods. But. Ultimately, I don't want to be with the same person today, um, and I don't mean a different social security number, a different 
individual, different name. I don't want to be in the same place with whoever I'm with today and in five years. I would like us to grow and, and expand. And, and that's part of why I have such a, a difficult problem in being able to find someone who would be compatible with me. People have asked me what I'd want to do with this podcast. It's on every platform. I guess I could, you know, try to turn it more mainstream or try to get a lot more attention or whatever. But the original name of the show <laughs> was Escaping Vanity. And somebody said to me, they said, you know what you should do to get a lot more viewers? A lot more viewers? A lot more listeners? Well, you know what I mean. I guess I did. The name of the show is Escaping Vanity. It was, you know, right? Not supposed to be heard. People will go, why do you record it? Nobody ever brought that question up. That was one of the many ways that I've always... It's, it's kind of a little inside ha-ha between me and anybody else who's brought that up to me. The other people just don't get it. I appreciate that you listen and you spend time, but you know, the, the, and and I continue to make these shows because I I hope that some of this stuff is beneficial to somebody. But it's a difficult process to grow and continuously look at things and and reevaluate things. It's so easy to get complacent and sit in this ergonomic chair for twelve and a half hours a day. It's hard to get motivated to go downstairs at lunch and jump on the elliptical or. When I was buying my youngest son, Jonathan, a birthday present, I saw a 50-pound kettlebell. I think it was like $62 or whatever at Walmart. So I bought it, and I've been working out with that and the total gym and trying to get my metabolism and some sweat going because God knows that working, um, they call that, uh, God, is the word going to get out of here? I was getting ready to say docile. Um, sedentary. Sedentary is not a bad word. What was the word they used in the study? I was thinking immobile is the right description. But anyway, they were using a word about. Uh, I think it's sedentary might be right. They were talking about people not moving, and that shortened people's lives significantly. To, to sit still and your body doesn't do this and do that. And so it, it really, you know, your body is, is wasting away, more or less, because it's not in motion. It slows down all your digestive systems and your metabolisms and everything else. And so that type of lifestyle is, is very... Um, it's not life-threatening, but it's, it's life-shortening, to say the least. The American Heart Association is out with a new warning on the dangers of too much sitting. It says that even burst of exercise may not undo the risk from a sedentary lifestyle. The, re the review found adults sit an average of six to eight hours a day. People are more than 60 move around even less. Uh, Dr. Tara Narula is here. Tara, good morning. Good morning, Charlie. So you, we should stand up all Everybody the time. Everybody get up. Yes, get up. Exactly. That's right. <laughs> Hello, Tara. Hi. Um, I'm the only one sitting right now. What's wrong with this picture? So yes, the message for a lot of people has been, as long as I get in my exercise, it's okay if I'm sitting 15 hours of the rest of the day. Yeah. And some of the research has shown that, in fact, if you do exercise, you can attenuate some of the problems that come with sitting. But this new statement really says that regardless of how much exercise you do, you cannot undo 
the harms of sitting. And that we need to think about these as two distinct entities, sitting and exercise, that work through two different mechanisms and have different health consequences. What does yeah. attenuate mean? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what does it mean, doctor? <laughs> attenuate. It means it can undo or limit oh, a little bit. Yeah, it. limit. <laughs> yes, that is what it means. No. But uh, this surprises me because right. I'm one of those people, I exercise, but I have this handy dandy Under Armour band that starts vibrating if I've been sitting too long. Right. Mm. And it says 60 minutes. And I'm thinking, what is, what is so bad if you're already doing the exercise? What does it do for your body if you don't get up and walk around? So in 1953, one of the first studies came out that showed that London bus drivers had an increased risk of coronary heart disease than conductors. And since then, there's been an accumulating body of evidence that suggests that by sitting, you raise your risk of insulin resistance, diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and overall all-cause mortality. Evolutionarily, we were not designed to be sitting, and unfortunately, our modern technology has gotten us to the point where we can pretty much go throughout our day without getting up. And yes, so, you know, true. you really need to revise how you think about uh, your day and how you change your normal pattern of sitting. Do you have a ratio of you should sit X amount, then move X amount? So the recommendations for exercise remain, and that's 150 minutes a week of moderate intensity aerobic exercise or 75 minutes a week of vigorous exercise. Unfortunately, we don't have the research there to give us public health recommendations about sitting. So the statement basically says in very simple terms, sit less, move more. So do we all need standing desks? Is that the answer? Uh -huh. Standing desk is one answer. Right. Apps on Somebody your phone. at the table has a standing desk. Oh, guess who? who's that? Charlie, wow. of course. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. But healthy. You, but you know what you just said is 75 minutes of vigorous, a week. That's vigorous. 10 minutes a day. Yeah. Only 10 minutes a day. Right. It's not a lot. I mean, I you know, I tell my patients 30 minutes, five days a week. There's your 150 right. minutes. Um, but even just changing the, uh, from sitting to standing for, you know, an hour right. a day, you're increasing your metabolism. You know, the sitting, the problem with this is that you lower your metabolism. Yeah. You increase fat storage. You change how your body processes yeah. blood sugar. You change the health of the blood vessels. So when you see somebody smoking, you look at them and you say, I know that they're doing something to you damage their tis, health. Tis, tis. Look at all of us. It's such a silent, sneaky thing you never think that it's harming us and i just um i don't know i enjoy the job but it is it's hard to get motivated to get up and go do the other stuff but i one of the reasons i always took the other jobs serving and everything else in my life was i always told myself and this is true i'm getting paid to work out that's why i'm a stalker well i probably should have been doing something to make some more money and put time into retirement but or put put funds and effort with that time into my retirement. And, and I wasn't. It was more like, nah, we'll make enough money to pay off all of our stuff and have a little few dollars in the bank. And we're being physical, man. We're not taking on too much responsibility. But I should have been. And now I love taking on responsibility. I look at this show like it's, you know, responsibility. I... I was watching Bruce Dickinson. This he's the lead singer of Iron Maiden. He's got a lot of his own albums. He <laughs> this guy why he was the lead singer of Iron Maiden in the downtime. He was working at uh, some airlines. He's got his pilot's license and he's an entrepreneur who owns several different companies and he's ventured a lot of different ways. Hell he's flying the Iron Maiden uh, plane. They call it Ed Force One. If you don't know this, the the skeleton that's in all the Iron Maiden stuff, his name is Eddie. And so they named the plane Ed Force One. But anyway, Dickinson was giving all these different talks and lectures and interviews. And I just I spent like two days 
putting his stuff open and I right click new tab. And so I was just opening a bunch of windows of, of stuff of him on YouTube and watching him speak. And he's got a tour where he walks around um, on stage. He's got an evening with, and he tells his life story. And he, everybody in the crowd has a three by five where they can write a question and he will answer um, every question before he leaves. It's very intimate crowds, 300, 400 people. And um, he's a interesting guy. I mean, the guy is a, when he's not doing that, he he fences the beekeeper outfit with the the old pointy sword. He was on a touring, you know, fencing team. That, that you know, he was uh, representing England against other countries in in Europe at one point. And uh, just interesting, interesting life. You know, those guys who were supremely ambitious doing all kinds of things so when people ask me like what do you what do you do for fun what are you doing i'm i'm doing my writing for my website i'm doing this podcast or developing newer episodes or i've got a my chalkboard's full of this concept of what may end up being a very interesting um, series of stories and i've got my other little master plan my my big idea for how i'd like to do this other series of of stories but i just um you know i i concentrate a little on that i spend a lot of you got to sleep about six hours i'm working 12 and a half hours that's 18 hours so there's there's enough downtime to maybe record a podcast have a few conversations with some people and eat some dinner and smoke a cigar and fall asleep and i enjoy the ambition but I've also made this in extremely flexible window in that, that if I was going to meet somebody and date somebody and whatever, it's there. I will push some of these projects aside to develop this other thing that will be a great long-term investment. And that's the thing that I think so many people that I've talked to are missing. They, they do not have availability. They don't have real physical world availability. Easy to get on somewhere and jump on the Facebook comments and, and be on Twitter and TikToks, and, isn't it? It's easy to do all these things. You do it in the bathroom, on the toilet, whatever. But it's hard to make time to get away. And, you know, you need a babysitter, a dog sitter, somebody else has got a whatever it is. And that has been the biggest... Um, obstacle when you can actually have conversations with with anybody you think you might even have oh man this, this, yeah we might get along when are you gonna be free i'll be free in july of 2025 like wait what what <laughs> like, you know and that's just how it is when my kids grow up like, what you're having conversations you have a dating profile now what are you talking about when your kids grow up you're hoping that the person you talk to is going to you know stay there for the rest of the however far they are from 18 like get the oh it's something else man it's something else um speaking for someone oh this note that i have that's the other thing that I have found is so, and I said communication is the biggest cancer in, uh, in the situations. 
I've run across this thing where people will say something. Oh, well, I didn't know this. What you're saying is, you didn't ask me to clarify what I'm saying. You're speaking for me. So I'm going to let you have a conversation with yourself because you're speaking for me. Those aren't my words. So you're you're responsible for your half of the conversation, and you're speaking for my half of the conversation. So I'm just gonna, I don't even need to be here. Now, when I present that, people kind of they get even more defensive. They're all wound up. Like, oh, what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm letting you know. So if you want to be mad, you be mad at yourself because you made up what I said, and then you said what you said, and you didn't ask. You didn't ask for clarification. You asked for my point of view. You didn't ask me to participate. You just spoke for me. You represented me. If this were a town hall and we had to have everybody's vote, you you cast your vote and my vote. I didn't need to be there. So why am I staying? And then you're asking them to, to go back on what they said. Now, a progressive person who wants to solve the issue and still wants you to be there is going to be able to be flexible or apologize. They will have a solution that involves keeping you around. But what I have found is people fucking double down on that shit. They look at it and they just, What? What do you mean I'm speaking for you? Do you you see what's going on right here? Yeah. And then I think like, well, we're just not going to look. We're we're not we can't intellectually get along. Because it's it's clear that you what I'm saying is is happening. It I don't know. You either don't recognize it or you don't you either don't take responsibility or you don't have the mental ability to recognize it. And those are two vital things that I need out of someone in my life. They need to be able to recognize and they need to be able to take responsibility. So if you were my security guard, you're my my partner, my girl, my wife, whatever, you got to be able to recognize danger. You know, take responsibility for how are we going to get out of this danger, avoid it, whatever. What are we going to do about the situation? Well, I didn't know there was uh, I don't, the guy was trying to, I saw him taking the crowbar to the back door and, you didn't recognize that he might be trying to break in and cause us harm. Well, no. Then I can't let you look after the house anymore. Well, I thought the kids would be okay in the car out there in the sun. You didn't recognize that that was a danger? You didn't take responsibility? So, those are important things to me. Recognize, take responsibility. And if you speak for me, take responsibility for speaking for me. Let's not do it the same way next time. There's plenty of time left to continue the conversation. That formula, that equation, that recipe did not work when you spoke for me. Obviously, I'm, I'm not happy about it. You're doing what you're doing. Let's try it a different way. And people will double down on what just happened and try to, like, force it. And I, is that verbal rape? I don't know. There, there's so many things that people um, don't recognize that they're doing. And that's why that word recognize means so much more to me 
than just like, can you see what I see every day is Warren G. You don't see what I see every day as Warren G. I take a look over my shoulder as I get older, getting tired of motherfucker saying Warren. I told. You. Uh, can you see the? Uh, see, this is where my mind goes by the dawn's early light. I look at a stop sign, I see, you know, it says stop, it's red, it's an octagon, it's on a post, it's, you know, here's where it is, there's where I need to stop, there's, you know. You roll through an intersection, you don't see the stop sign. Well, I, yeah, I mean, I saw the stop sign and rolled through it and, well, that's why you're getting a ticket. Did you not recognize that you need to stop? Well, yeah, take responsibility then. Recognizing responsibility. Guys that send girls like crazy pictures and say wild shit. Do they not recognize the chances that they're taking by doing those things? And then not take responsibility for it. What do you mean you're offended? It's, you know... Now, you don't want to have that conversation. Not that I do that, but the other side of that for me is, and I thought about this because somebody said, why would guys do that? I said, you know what they could say? <laughs> don't be, don't, don't tell you, tell anybody as you're doing something stupid that Michael puts you up to this. You know what you could say is, well, I was being vulnerable and, you know, I was putting myself up there for your judgment and, I, um, really, I'm just trying to, you know, validation and, you know, it's like you're putting the responsibility on somebody else. There's this wonderful book that my mom was, she couldn't figure out, couldn't remember the name of it, but this piece of the book was in the Harvard Business Review. It's called Managing Time Management. It's chapter seven, I believe, is the name of the, um, the chapter, the, the excerpt that was in the Harvard Business Review. And it's called Monkey, Monkey, Who's Got the Monkey? And it's uh, this uh, example of the guy who comes into the manager's office and he's got a monkey on his back. And he's trying to, oh, well, I'm late every day because of this and because of that and whatever. And if the manager accepts his flaws and continues to move forward now the manager's carrying the monkey because he's got that guy with all these issues you see so what is a monkey a monkey is an issue any issue it's an issue that needs to be resolved a parenting example just to start and this is where monkeys like to jump from one back to another you walk in the door from work and your school-aged child says to you, I need you to sign my permission slip. At the moment they ask the question, the monkey, the problem, is on your child's back. And oh, it is looking to leap. It is looking to leap onto your back, and it wants to become your problem. Now, the most important part here is it will leap from your child's back to yours, depending on how you answer the question. So if your child says, I need you to sign my permission slip, and you say, okay, boom, the monkey has now jumped to your back. 
because you have said, okay, your child is now waiting on you for you to come back to them and sign the form. So as this article will tell you, that is supervision. As the parent, you are supposed to be supervising your child. Your child is not supposed to be supervising you. So how do you stop the monkey from making the jump? Don't say okay. When you say okay, that makes the next move yours. Instead, you want to make sure to say, bring it to me and I'll sign it. And now you have a very sad monkey because the monkey wasn't able to jump from one back to another. But it is also a happy monkey because it knows it's about to be fed. The monkey, the problem, wants to be resolved because resolving a problem is feeding the problem. And this takes us to rule one from the article, which I think is probably the most important rule. Monkeys should be fed or shot. Otherwise, they will starve to death and the manager will waste valuable time on postmortems or attempted resurrections. You've heard this in other time management examples as on-the-spot decision-making, and that works too. Either feed the monkey or shoot it, get rid of it. Let's talk about a business example, and this is one from the article, but we're going to say you walk into work, and as soon as you walk in, somebody who works for you starts telling you about a problem that they have. They are walking around, they are saddled with a monkey on their back, and they are talking to you, and of course, the monkey is poised to make the jump. This problem that your subordinate brings you is more complicated than an on-the-spot decision will allow. If you, as the manager, were to say, let me think about this, then boom, the monkey has jumped to your back, and now you have taken on responsibilities to feed and care for the monkey. Your subordinate is now short a monkey, and you have gained one. Another really important part of this article is rule number three. Monkeys should be fed by appointment only. The manager should not have to hunt down starving monkeys and feed them on a catch-as-catch-can basis. Instead of saying to your employee, let me think about this, and accepting a monkey, direct your subordinate to your calendar. Get on my calendar for whatever time I have this afternoon, and you and I will talk about it then. This is the key to successful supervision and the key to successful monkey management. When you accept all of the monkeys, your subordinates are waiting on you. They're checking up on you. They're pestering you. And this should be working the other way around. You should be aware of how many monkeys your subordinates are managing, and you should be checking up on them. You should be supervising them. At no time while I am helping you with this or any other problem will your problem become my problem. The instant your problem becomes mine, you no longer have a problem. I cannot help a person who hasn't got a problem. Um, and so when you accept that, you know, a guy can just like send you some crazy message, picture, whatever, whatever. Now you got the monkey. You let him act that way, and you validated it. You did. Everything that I said is true. He is being vulnerable, and he is sending that for validation, but you're actually validating his bad behavior, and you're giving him 
an entitlement. You're giving him permission to do it in the future or that you accepted it. More or less. Now, you could make him apologize and promise not to do it anymore, which is the way you make him go on his way, come back and try it again. And he keeps the monkey. It's still his monkey. These are not guys you want to be jumping on the bed with. <laughs> but I just, you know, when you when you have conversations with people from dating, if you're wanting to date, if you're wanting to hire somebody as an employer, if you're taking on somebody as a, a contractor to work around your house, whatever the situation might be, when they present to you these things that are flaws and need to be addressed, and you accept them as they are, you don't mention that they need to be changed. You just go along with it because maybe it'll get better if I don't mention it. You know, it'll just go away. No. Now you got the monkey. So we're going to wrap this up with a story about a monkey. This boy was five years old. We're, um, we're all sitting on the bottom tier of the bunk beds. Me, Jonathan is behind me or beside me. And Colt is all the way to the left. So I'm close to the ladder at the foot of the bed. Colt's on the other end. And so uh, we're playing Halo, as we do. Jonathan did something, and we got him. Shot him. <laughs> He's respawning. Now, when you're respawning on Halo, there's a timer that's counting down. And so Jonathan has this uncanny ability to like react I guess he got it from me and he can react instantaneously to something so as soon as his guy is like dead and he knows he's dead on the game he's gonna die whatever Jonathan's very playful physical and he'll jump out of his seat onto you what dad bam hit me in the back So I, I don't remember what he did, but I got him. <laughs> Hit him with a rocket launcher. He jumps, but he's on the bottom bunk, and he clonks his head just like, dang, I can't do it. I was thinking this microphone stand would make a metal noise. But, I mean, he just, he clonked his head on the, uh, on the bed. He's, he's, Doing the thing like you got fleas or something. He's, he's rubbing his head real hard like you would rub a balloon on your hair to show friction. So uh, we're laughing at him. And we're like, you all right? You all right? He's like, yeah, I guess so. And he's only five. And he, the, the kids sometimes, I underestimate them. So I said, Jonathan, that reminds me of that song. You know the song about monkeys on the bed you know, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One jumped off and he bumped his head. You know, no more monkeys jumping on the bed. And then four little monkeys jumping on the bed and so forth. So we're playing. We keep playing. And uh, I guess Jonathan has the gift of gab, as I would say. or He has the, the ability to, to spice things up the, the way that I do, you know. And uh, I see him, 
he's not doing this for attention. He's getting carried away with himself. While he's playing, he's he's holding the controller way down in his hands. Like he's he's got a kettlebell between his legs almost. And he's playing. And he's mouthing to himself, No more monkeys jump on the bed. And he's kind of shaking his head with it like he's you know, it's like he's playing the game and this is his mantra. Like uh, if you ever watch Dead Poet Society, the guys are trekking around the cave. Um I don't remember the poem. Uh, I'll I'll put it in here, but it's in the Congo. In the Congo. Uh, it's a song about the golden the golden trek or whatever they're they're singing in the Dead Poet Society. Then I had religion. Then I had a vision. I could not turn from their revel in derision. Then I saw the Congo creeping through the black. Cutting through the forest with a golden track. Then I saw the Congo creeping through the black beast. Cutting through the forest with a golden track. Then I saw the Congo creeping through the black. Cutting through the forest with a golden track. Then I saw the Congo cutting through the forest with a golden track. Then I saw the Congo creeping through the black. Cutting through the forest with a golden track. So he is doing this thing. I mean, he's mouthing this thing to himself. So I see him, and I'm like, Jonathan, you, are you singing the song? He's like, yeah. Yeah, I'm singing the song. And Colt's like, sing the song, Jonathan. Now, I sang some Rick Raff version of this song because that's all I remembered. I couldn't remember nothing else. So many monkeys jumping on the bed. One jumped off, bumped his head. No more monkeys jumping on the bed. All right. So Jonathan starts singing the song. He's like, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One jumped off and he bumped his head. And so I'm I'm hearing it and it's like, oh, okay, so he's copying what I said. That's not what happened. He says, five little monkeys jumping on the bed. One jumped off and he bumped his head. Mama called the doctor, and the doctor said, No more monkeys jumping on the bed. And he did this thing where he gave the mom a low voice, and the doctor, that is, I swear, guys, my five-year-old sounded like, No more monkeys. And we fell in the floor laughing. We couldn't figure out where he got the idea, if he copied it, where did it come from. And Jonathan's looking around like, Boy, what are y'all, what? Just singing the song. And we're like, no, you performed the song. And we didn't, you know, we didn't blow a lot of sunshine up his ass or nothing. But he was like, we we laughed so hard. And I got a video of it back then. I don't have it anymore. I, I, if I come across it, it will be a national treasure for me. But he just, we still talk about that um, now. And we talk about the monkeys. And so if you can't tell how proud of my, my children I am. And I don't exaggerate, and you know, you may talk about that on the podcast. I don't have to exaggerate anything. I was there. That's how it really happened. And uh, just like my out of body experience, right? But no, Jonathan, he did. He's he's so funny because he'll do it too. 
We'll be playing. I can't remember exactly the circumstances. I always try to give too many details, but he he you know he got the better of me on Halo more than a few times, and, and recently he did. He you know he got me with a, a rocket launcher, and uh, so he kills my guy. He's like, "Watch out, Dad!" You know, there goes my guy. He's dead. And Jonathan looks at me and he goes, "He's jumping on the bed." <laughs> We just, like, he knows. He has somehow, intrinsically or otherwise, he's figured out the value of the inside joke and this this thing, and he doesn't waste it. You know, he uses it with, with great pinache, with great timing. It's 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 awesome. It's awesome. Uh, it's one of the things that I, I've tried to learn and and do very well for myself is is save something very important and throw it in there and if you're patient enough you'll run into it a lot of people don't see where where could this possibly go let me speak for you and that's where you start getting up the program because you don't know what i'm gonna say and if you listen long enough to hear about jonathan man if i get a recording that i'll put it on this show but I hope that you guys uh, have enjoyed the, the sort of return episode after having many months here. And uh, I, I've enjoyed just reliving that story with Jonathan. I actually edited this in at the end. I got up at the other stuff and, and took a shower and came back. And I wanted to be like, I just tell that with all the energy it deserved. But uh, thank you for listening to me. And uh, I will go back to our regularly scheduled series on ownership. In, uh, in the next episode. That is my promise to you. And remember, I only tell the truth. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Michael L. Craver Presents. Thank you for listening to another episode of Michael L. Craver Presents and exercising the first step in any process. Feel free to like, subscribe, share it with someone on every streaming platform from Stitcher to iTunes, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon Music, or Ask Alexa. Play Michael L. Craver Presents. Enjoy your day.